0: Welcome to Out of Curiosity. It's our podcast where we hope to get biblical clarity on modern questions. I'm Garland. This is Nick. And today our topic will be when we look into our culture, our world, uh, one of the big questions that often Christians are asking, uh, are forced to ask, is how is a Christian to respond to government and politics? And in fact, we might ask a, a more broad question, a more foundational question. What is the purpose of the institution of government to begin with? And as we look at the scripture and to get biblical clarity on this, what are we to make of it? So well, when, we, when we talk about human government, I think we got to go back to the very beginning,
1: uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and look at, look at what does what God set humanity up with. And the first thing that we see, I think, is that humans are made to rule. That's, that's the commission that God gives Adam and Eve at the very beginning, is that he creates them in his image to be like him and to rule the earth. And something that's interesting is there's no comment directly in Genesis 1 and 2 on who rules humans. Right. Uh, we have a capacity to rule that I think comes from our being made in God's image, uh, but there seems to be some basic assumption in Genesis 1 and 2 that by virtue of our being like God, having relationship with him, made in his image, Uh, we will rule rightly. Mm -hmm. So the need for for structured human government doesn't seem to be in place in Genesis 1 and 2. And then we have the fall in Genesis 3, where we rebel against God's right to rule our lives, God's government of humanity. We rebel against that, uh, which leads to this entire breakdown of what it is to be human. Uh, We have murder, um, we have selfishness and greed that fills the earth, and we come to this point of the flood where God judges the state of humanity. And out of the flood, uh, Noah comes out and, and makes a sacrifice to God. And I think we get the very first mandate for human government. It's given by God himself. This isn't something that, that people created, um, but rather God in this moment uh, gives a command to Noah. And, and the, the fundamental part of the command is that humans should not shed human blood. Okay. And that the consequence of that is that the one who sheds blood will have his blood shed. And so I think we get the the very fundamental
0: purpose of human government is to respect human life. As we take that then, and we look at the rest of the Bible, especially when we look at the Old Testament, for example, immediately after the Noah story, we're gonna transition to talking about a particular nation called Israel. And then God's gonna work with this particular nation and establish uh, rules, regulations, governmental structure for this particular nation what do we make of as we look at the rest of the bible where government fits in in light of what you just said well i think it's interesting because yeah we do
1: very quickly get a very elaborate government structure in israel um, that addresses almost every issue imaginable right and um, i think there are there are principles there that teach us what god values um, what's important to the heart of god Uh, but i think there's something going on in israel uh, that that doesn't map one-to-one to our culture today, okay. and that is that the people of faith and the government are one and the same. Right. So in Israel, you have a nation with civil government that also is the source of religious life, of a walk with God. And so their government laws reinforce their spiritual life. And many want to assume that that should map to today. And, and I come from a tradition, and I think mo- most of us do, that believes in what we call separation of church and state. Uh, and it's something we could defend at another time. But it's a basic principle that says our spiritual institutions and our government institutions are not one and the same. Okay. That we have a church and that we have a government and I th- that, that, are, that are separate, though related. And I think that's what we see in the New Testament, um, that Paul very much, he will speak to church authorities and elders, and then he will refer to government authorities, Caesar, the governors, and that sort of thing. And he sees those as different, even though our Christian uh, spiritual responsibilities demand some civic ones. Mm-hmm. So I think if that's the case, I think we have to ask the question, then where do we get a standard for what we might today call secular government. And I think there is a standard in the Old Testament. I think if, if we're gonna look to the Old Testament for the United States, say, I think we would not necessarily look at the nation of Israel. I think we would look at Babylon, Assyria, Persia, Greece,
0: those governments, Egypt, and say, what does God say about them? So when we look in the Old Testament, we're going to find God's assessment of those nations primarily in the prophetic books, books right. like Isaiah, books like yeah. Jeremiah. There's going to be uh, oracles of judgment, oracles of commendation yeah. for some of those nations given to those particular non-Israelite nations. And the question may be, when we put lump all those together, how does God assess them? If yeah. America's more corresponding to that than Israel. How does God assess those nations in the Old Testament? Which already, to ask
1: that question is a paradigm shift for many. Right. Because we want to think in a, a pretty American-centric view, where America is the chosen nation in some right. way. We ma- and, and so to already to go, oh, America is just another one of the nations. Right is already a bit of a paradigm shift. And I think it's probably a pretty important one to make. And so if we, if we take those lenses and go, okay, if America is another one of the secular nations, how does God assess those? And if you look at the prophets, um, I think there are two standards that stand out, that, that leap above all the others. And one of them goes back to that command to Noah, which is respect human life. And any nation that is seen as being murderous, as shedding blood, as oppressing people, is condemned. Uh, the second standard that God holds nations to is that they do not persecute the people of God. Right. So they, they, he, the, these nations are to respect people's right to worship the one true God. And so if I'm mapping that to governments today, um, what I would say is that the two primary standards are
0: going to be a basic respect for the image of God in every human being. We may apply that to categories of injustices, uh, injustices towards people, yep. uh, injustices to groups of people, right. races of people, right. okay, for example. Yep. And so you
1: have, you have this idea of basic human justice, and then uh, the second would be, a, a, at some level, a respect for religious liberty. That a government should, uh, should respect people's right to worship the one true God. That's not the same thing, by the way, and this is really important, as endorsing or supporting the worship of the one true God. Those are really different, I think, but I believe governments will be held accountable for how do they respect human dignity and do they oppress the church.
0: So carrying all of that yeah. into uh, the, the initial question, which is how are Christians, 21st century, to respond to uh, the government? Here we sit in America, the United mm-hmm. States of America. How are Christians to respond to navigate politics and the government? What, what would you say would be some some categories of thoughts, some concluding thoughts here on this particular question?
1: Yeah, well, so I think, and, and we'll come to this, it's a, a bigger conversation to think about how did the first century church do it? But one thing that it's important, I think, to recognize is that the first century church did not have a government that advanced their agenda. They had a government that, that didn't really care about their agenda one bit, and yet they still were told to
0: honor that government. In fact, was, was actively against the agenda. Actively for, against the agenda yeah.
1: for, for a great number of years. And so I think, um, one, first of all, don't, don't look to the American government to do the job of the church. And sometimes I think we want our our government to look more Christian than our churches do. That's, that's good. And yeah. I think that, that's, a, that's a huge misstep because mm-hmm. uh, our, our thought will be, man, we see so many things wrong in our city. This is a very American viewpoint, I think. There's all these things wrong in our city. Let's pass laws to change them. And I think the basic Christian perspective should be, let's be the kind of counterculture church mm-hmm. that models the life of Christ. And if our government uh, is not doing that, that shouldn't surprise us. Right. Uh, and so the first thing I would say is let's, let's embrace our role as the
0: spiritual people of God. We may even say in that, you are the salt of the earth. Yeah. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. It seems to be Jesus' mandate yes. for this counterculture church that we see in the Sermon on the Mount. What else would you advise us?
1: And then the other thing would be to have, uh, and, and this is where it gets really dicey and it'd be really hard, but um, I, I think distinguishing between justice and image of God issues and prosperity issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think there are, there are things a government can do that really demean human dignity, um, and then there are things that we could debate about what will enhance the greatest level of prosperity, mm-hmm. and I think I hear a lot of people getting really upset about things that are really prosperity issues or uh, advancing kind of a personal Christian agenda, and I think, I think we lose our voice a little bit when we act like martyrs, over things that are prosperity issues. Right. Um, and so I think we gotta, we gotta have a little bit better sense of, of what is a government, what must a government do and what can a government do. Right. To want a government to advance the prosperity of its people's good and well, but to feel affronted or persecuted over issues that are really prosperity issues, I think maybe uh, diminish our voice a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so really I think zero in on those issues of, of human dignity and what respects human dignity and hold our government accountable to that.
0: Well, this is fascinating, and and we'll pick up some more of these questions and issues, uh, particularly as it relates to government in uh, in some subsequent podcasts, but uh, this is helpful for us to digest and think about. Uh, Thanks for listening to Out of Curiosity. This is our podcast where we try to get biblical clarity for modern questions, thanks.
1: Thank you for listening to Out of Curiosity as we discuss where human governments come from. We encourage you to look into this for yourself even more and recommend looking in scripture At Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 27, Genesis chapter 9 verses 1 through 17, and 1 Peter 3, 8 through 17. We also recommend the book Onward by Russell Moore. If you want to send in a question or contact us, go to oocuriosity.com and follow us on Instagram at OOCuriosity. Be sure to subscribe to keep up with future episodes.